you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Hi, this is Father Louis Skirty here at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And once again, I'm introducing Father Justin Sinante. And Father Justin is going to have, as his job as a novice, he instructs the guests as to what the symbolism of the shrine are all about. So Justin's going to continue showing us symbolism of the shrine. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate yes. that. Good to be with you. Okay, we're starting, you, you decided, in the sanctuary. Yes. Um, when you first come into the church, it... Um, it's a different shape, you know, it's not very common. And I remember when I first came in, I was like, oh, it's kind of an interesting shape. But the idea is, this is like a flame. And it's very much part of our Carmelite spirituality, is this fire within, uh, where the presence of God dwells, is burning love of God within us. Kind of like the burning bush, you know, we read in the Old Testament, uh, the, the, the bush was on fire but wasn't consumed. And it's also an image of Our Lady. That's why in every Carmelite church is always a shrine to Our Lady or a statue to Our Lady. And there we see Our Lady uh, encompassed in the flame because in a real way she's carrying the presence of God in her womb, Jesus Christ. So, um, so that's why the, the, the architecture uh, is, is like a flame, a fire within. Also the ceiling is almost like uh, the inside of a boat. So again, the, the connection with the bark of St. Peter, uh, the church uh, where all of us are, are safe uh, within the bark under the Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis. What year was the church uh, built, this particular Yeah, time? probably, uh, this first was actually, before it was a shrine, it was a high school seminary. And the original shrine to Our Lady the Scapular was on 28th Street in Manhattan, but then they had to move from there. And in the 80s, it was uh, made into a shrine uh, church. So it was really originally the chapel uh, to the high school seminary, St. Albert's uh, College uh, High School Seminary. And then uh, now in the 80s, it became the shrine to Our Lady of Mount Carmel, a national shrine. Now, St. Albert, there's a statue of him outside. Uh, he was the patron who gave the rule. Okay, there's two St. Alberts. Oh, so okay, one, okay. St. Albert, and we'll see the window later, uh, is St. Albert, Albert, who was the Patriarch of Jerusalem. And the hermits on Mount Carmel in the early days went to Albert, who was a Patriarch, and asked him to write a rule of life uh, for these hermits that were already living on Mount Carmel by Elijah's well. So Elijah really is our, our spiritual father. Uh, so some would say, tradition says, we can't historically prove this, uh, but we are the oldest order in the church because we go back to Elijah the prophet <laughs> and the hermits of Mount Carmel. We really can't. His, yeah, yeah. So then they converted to Christianity and, and all that. But, but, um, but we do have a very closeness to Elijah the prophet because um, uh, he lived on Mount Carmel and there's the well there. And that's where the early hermits uh, lived as well with this oratory or chat, a chapel in honor of the Blessed Mother. That's where we get the title of Our Lady of Mount Carmel from. So St. Albert of Jerusalem was the patriarch of Jerusalem who put the rule of life for the early hermits to live and to follow. The St. Albert of the patron of this uh, 
place. He was an Italian uh, priest, Albert of Trapani. So he's from southern Italy. He was the first canonized Carmelite saint of the church. So each house had to be dedicated in honor of St. Albert of Trapani. He was known for um, a miracle that he had great devotion to Blessed Mother. And one day he was uh, very deathly ill, dying. And he prayed to the Blessed Mother, and she appeared to him, and basically she asked him to bless his water, and he drank the water, and he was miraculously cured. So this is where is a Carmelite tradition of blessing water in honor of St. Albert with his relics, and the people uh, would drink that or bless themselves with St. Albert's holy water as well, or St. Albert's well. We, we have places in Ireland, for example, they have the well of St. Albert. So there's that connection um, he was kind of like our St. Anthony of the, 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 the Franciscan version of St. Anthony would be the Carmelite version is St. Albert. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, anything else about the sanctuary you want to share with us? Yeah, all the marble is from Ireland. It's Connemara marble. Mm -hmm. um, all these um, beautiful, um, the altar candles, the tabernacle, it all has Celtic uh, designs here. As we mentioned, the friars first now came from first. Ireland. See, we, we're not on CCTV, so <laughs> <laughs> nothing's going to explode yeah, okay. if we go closer. And we're looking, so copper, oh, you know, beautiful, as the, the, the Celtic, yeah. Images here. And then the stalls is where the, um, the um, friars would have prayed, you know, uh, especially the faculty members and the, and, the, and the students would have been in the, in the shrine church. Right, um, right. Um, I will show you uh, as we go on uh, to see the, um, the Irish altar of St. Patrick. Uh, there's some uh, relics there of St. Patrick and the Irish saint, St. Bridget, but there's also a penal cross during the time of the persecution of the Catholics in Ireland, they were forbidden to uh, worship publicly. So we have an original penal cross, which is a very narrow cross that they used to hide within their sleeves and then take it out to pray and offer mass on it. So we have an original penal cross there from the 1700s mm -hmm. and different relics of the Irish uh, saints. So there's a great connection to Ireland because uh, our province was founded as a mission uh, from Ireland. Uh, they came uh, over 100 and 30 years ago now uh, to work with the poor Irish in New York City uh, to work in the hospitals and, and to take care of the, the parishes down there. And the interviews prior to coming to the Carmelite Center here were in Galway. Okay. Ireland. Yes. Yes. And of course, while we were there, we took a tour and we heard a lot about the persecutions mm -hmm. and the, the the doors, uh, the rooms or closets in which the priests used to hide. Mm -hmm. So to offer the mass. when Cromwell's people came over, they didn't find the priest mm -hmm. and the penal crosses as well. Oh, so this is fascinating. Yes, yes. I mean, continuation of his church history yes. as well as international history. Yes. Okay, let's walk around, right? Okay. We're in the chapel. Did you call it a chapel? The Shrine Chapel of Our Lady of Mount Carmel here at the Carmelite Center. And Father Justin has graciously um, given us a tour of the sanctuary. And we're going to take a little tour of the church and the many, many little aspects of the church and the Carmelite theology and history that are affiliated with it. So we're here at the Shrine of Infant of Prague. Yes. So the Infant of Prague devotion is a Carmelite devotion. And um, this is kind of a, a mini replica of the altar, the Carmelite altar at the National Basilica in Washington, D.C. Um, each order and each nationality is allowed to have a chapel 
in the National Basilica in Washington, D.C. So this is kind of a mini version. The only difference is the one in D.C. Uh, has Our Lady of Mount Carmel in the middle. In, in our place, we already have her in the middle of the, of the church, so we have a, a, the infant of Prague here. But these are the same Carmelite statues that surround that shrine in Washington. So we have uh, St. Simon Stock, the one that our Blessed Mother gave the scapula to, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, and we have her shrine there, which I'll show you later. Um, we have Albert of Trapani, who I just mentioned, uh, who's, who's one of our uh, popular saints, friar saints, and Teresa of Avila, who's also uh, a doctor of the church, the first female doctor of the church. Um, so this is the different Carmelite uh, saints and the, uh, surrounded by the infant of Prague. Okay, let's continue. So here's the altar of St. Patrick that I mentioned earlier, and with the penal cross in the beautiful uh, go a golden reliquary, and then uh, the relics of St. Laurence O'Toole, John the Baptist, St. Patrick, Blessed Oliver Plunkett, and St. Bridget. So the Irish saints are in that beautiful uh, Irish-decorated uh, uh, Celtic reliquary here. And then we'll go over to see the treasury of all the relics that we have as well. But before that, why Irish? Again, uh, the Carmelites uh, came from Ireland, so this is a tribute to the founding fathers of the province here in the United States. And the on the grounds, Carmelites. there's a, a shrine to Our Lady, to Our Lady of Knock as well. And actually, there's a beautiful connection between the Carmelites and Knock, um, Our Lady um, shrine over there. Uh, there's an early abbey that the Carmelites lived in the 1200s that were right near Knock. So the Carmelites go back to that part in Ireland for many, many years, and it's also fitting Our Lady appeared there. Other two interesting uh, tidbits. The last day Our Lady appeared at Lourdes was July 16th, the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So that was an important uh, date. And also uh, the last apparition of Fatima was the Feast of Our Lady uh, uh, our, our Blessed Mother appeared in the Carmelite habit. So we see Our Lady of Mount Carmel is very important. Uh, it's one of the ancient titles of Our Lady, going back to the Holy Land, and we could see even in modern apparitions the connection uh, between Our Lady, present apparition, and Carmel. Beautiful. And we're going to continue to this beautiful chapel of relics and are they all relics of Carmelite saints? They're mostly Carmelite saints but there are other saints as well. We have relics of the True Cross, uh, different Carmelite saints. The one I'd like you to focus in on, this is the most precious relic we have after the True Cross, is the jawbone of St. Simon Stock. He's the one I mentioned that our Blessed Mother appeared to and gave the brown scapula. Uh, his uh, skull is kept in Aylesford in England, where, Ma where Mary appeared to St. Simon, uh, but the friars from Ireland uh, gave us, uh, from the British province actually, gave us his jawbone. So we have the major relic of St. Simon stuck right here, mm -hmm. the one that our Blessed Mother gave the scapula to. So um, that's right there in the reliquary. And also here's the habit, a piece of the habit or clothing of Blessed Titus Bransma, the one I just mentioned earlier, uh, who, was, who interceded for our Father Michael Driscoll. This is Father Louis Skirty with Father Justin taking a beautiful pilgrimage tour of the shrine itself here at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and we're going to continue our little pilgrimage. So here we're at the altar of St. Therese, the little flower, uh, St. Therese of the Child Jesus and of the Holy Face, and we're very blessed to have several relics of her. So we have a piece of her flesh, uncorrupt flesh, her bone, her hair, and a cloth uh, that was touched to her body. So it's all in these reliquaries here. 
and um, people leave many petitions. One of our most popular shrines, people leave their petitions here. They, they donate uh, uh, live roses uh, to her shrine, the promise that Therese made. She will shower roses from heaven. These are the graces that come from our, our Heavenly Father that she intercedes for us. So she said she will spend her heaven doing good upon earth. And uh, one of uh, St. Pius X uh, called her the greatest saint of modern times. So she's one of these saints that you really feel uh, that she's interceding for you and praying for you. And her whole doctrine, uh, her little way uh, of merciful love that, that God has tremendous love for each of every one of us, of, of his children, and how we could do little things with great love for Jesus every day, ordinary things. So her story of the soul is her autobiography, which teaches us the spirituality to be like children, to have this childlike confidence, the love of God the Father, but also to uh, bring love into the world by these little acts of love that we do for, for God, for, for one another. Beautiful. And it's so important for us to really appreciate the fact that she's a 20th century saint, I mean, it's, it's a, she's a modern saint, died as a young woman, I believe only 20, 24, 24 yeah. years old. So St. Teresa of Lisieux, the little flower. Okay, we continue our little pilgrimage in the shrine. Hi, Father Justin and I are at the window dedicated to Saint, a blessed Titus Brensma, servant of God. When a, a saint or potential saint is on the way to sainthood canonization um, when he or she is declared blessed he or she is referred to as a again servant of god okay um justin give us a little yeah more. so uh, blessed titus Bransma is more, more of the recent carmelites uh, of our holy men he was uh, a martyred uh, during world war ii in dachau the concentration camp for writing against uh, the nazis and preaching against the nazis he was a professor a uh, dutch professor a priest carmelite priest um, who was very renowned and the nazis arrested him and they put him in prison uh, but he would even administer he's kind of like the maximilian colby of the carmelites he would minister to the prisoners uh, bring them the eucharist he's he used to carry in his eyeglass case so that he wouldn't get caught, uh, you know, after saying Mass secretly, bringing in the Eucharist. The reason why I wanted to show you this altar is because uh, Blessed Titus needs a miracle for his canonization. And about 10 years ago, one of our Carmite friars was diagnosed with uh, cancer, very serious, and it was terminal, and there really wasn't much hope uh, for survival. And all the Carmelites and the parishioners of his parish down in Florida and the people uh, asked Blessed Titus's intercession for a miracle. And he was miraculously cured. Uh, it's an alleged miracle because it's being investigated now uh, by the Vatican. But potentially, this will be the, we believe, we hope, we pray, so I ask your prayers as well, this will be the miracle for Blessed Titus's uh, canonization. So if you could please pray for that. It's an alleged miracle, but the doctors have said it's miraculous, and all that paperwork has gone to Rome now. So hopefully, uh, Blessed Titus will be one of our most recent uh, Carmelite saints pretty soon. And it's a beautiful connection with the shrine and also with our province, because Father Michael, uh, who survived cancer now over 10 years, it hasn't come back, and uh, he's in very good health now. Uh, we believe through the intercession of, of Blessed Titus, uh, he has been uh, healed. And for our Florida audience, what churches? We, we're at St. Jude's in Boca Raton, Florida. So we have a, a several friars down there, very big parish, very active parish. They're also known for the oil of St. Therese. Uh, they have a holy oil blessed with the relics of Therese, and many miracles have happened down there uh, with that oil. So we really are blessed with uh, so many of these beautiful Carmelite saints uh, really interceding for us and, and um, being with us and helping us in our journey of life here in this world. 
and I've been to that church, and now I have a reason to go back. Yes, visit, yes. And to meet Father Michael. Father Michael Trisco. He uh, he's in his late 70s. God bless yeah. Him. Okay. Yeah. As we continue our little journey, we're going to walk to the next window that you choose to explain. So we're here at the window of uh, St. Peter Thomas, who was a Carmelite who became the patriarch of Constantinople. And again, uh, Carmel is Mary's order. So another time when the Carmelites in the early days were struggling and we don't know if we were getting many members. The Carmel was never a big order in the church. We've always had Carmelites, but the Blessed Mother promised to St. Peter Thomas, and this is why I came to this window here, uh, when the order was struggling, Mary appeared to Peter Thomas and said that my order of karma will be there to the end of time. And throughout history, uh, if you look at all of our saints and throughout history, any time uh, the order almost was decimated, for example, the French Revolution uh, killed many Carmelites, and from having eight provinces in France, uh, we, we have maybe eight friars today. So uh, it was destroyed after the French Revolution. But Mary's promise always came true. The order of karma will be there to the end of time, and we, we, we're not that strong in France, but in Asia, we have uh, uh, a, a lot of Carmelites. So uh, Mary always uh, came through. So this is her order. And the, the promise she gave to Peter Thomas that my order of Carmel will be there to the end of time uh, is a great uh, promise that all of us Carmelites take to heart, that Mary truly is with us and will always uh, guide the order and protect the order. And as Father continues our little journey, we're just going to give you an overview as to the beauty of the other windows that are here in the National Shrine of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And in between each of the windows is the beautiful station of the cross, showing us the history of the church, our faith. Here we are, St. Andrew Corsini, St. Blessed John Surath, and other saints who are Carmelites showing us the Carmelite charism. This has been Father Louis Skirty with a wonderful experience with my new friend, Father Justin, uh, formerly diocesan priest, presently a novice for the Carmelites. And you're not going to be ordained a novice when, uh, as a priest. You're already ordained. When will you become full? So hopefully I'll be taking a first vows as a Carmelite uh, in June. And then I would be in uh, those vows uh, temporary for three years before solemn vows. So I invite you to keep me in your prayers, but also to pray for vocations. I've been helping the vocation director, and I St. Therese is our unofficial vocation director, and we've had a number of young men uh, interested in us. So uh, please pray uh, to St. Therese that she will continue to send more young men to us and also to give them the grace of perseverance uh, in this Carmelite uh, way of life, serving the church. And let me and let Father Justin know what you think of these episodes. I'm going to put out both of our emails on our site. And Father, thank you so much for a wonderful experience at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Middletown, New York. God bless you. Thank you very much. Keep the word alive and well and pass this on to your family and friends. And let me hear from you. Father Lou Skirty at Hotmail.com. God bless you.
you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.